don't worry about income. Yeah. We'll make your income. Don't worry about qualifying for a mortgage. I have someone that will forge your documents and make you have whatever income you need for the house that you want. Welcome to the Tom Story Show with Steve Karish and Tom Story, where we discuss everything real estate or whatever else is on our minds. Tums. Oh, yeah. This episode of the Tom Story Show is brought to you by Tums for old, balding uh, agents in the Fraser Valley with, uh, what, do, what do I have? Heartburn. That's it. <laughs> okay. Did you actually record that? We are recording. Yep. Oh, okay. Good. That's in. That's in. <laughs> okay. Ready to go? Yeah. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Tom Story Show. Uh, this episode, as detailed in the title, is going to be about the CBC Marketplace report on mortgage fraud across Canada. And me and Steve are going to talk about this because it's a very, very serious topic. And we want to do our best to explain what we learned from the report. The fact that I think the last time CBC did a report on the real estate market in terms of the steering people away from low commission homes, it was a very one-sided report that I don't think was was very fair, frankly, and I'm not just saying that as a biased realtor. I think there was a lot of facts you could point out there, but this one, the general consensus is they're right. And we had been hearing about this on places like Twitter for probably the last year, and it is extremely concerning if this is something that is happening, especially based on, and we'll get into specifics here, where they're saying a lot of it is happening to new people to Canada that are being told that this is something that they can do. Um, so we're gonna dig into all of it today. Thank you for listening to the podcast. It's gonna be a Tom and Steve type of episode. If you're watching on YouTube, all I ask is you give this video a thumbs up. If you haven't subscribed to the channel already, please make sure to do that as well. If you're listening on the audio platforms, thank you. And Steve, what would you like to say? And now all of the Tom Story Show and my main channel videos are uh, available on Rumble. Ooh. which apparently is a new social media platform that's taking off. Wait a I second. I think it's for right-wing crazies, but that's fine. Steve, <laughs> did you find out about a social media platform before me? You don't know about this? I actually don't. No. Okay. Yeah, no. Apparently, there is a uh, social media platform out there that is pushing towards uh, the freer speech side oh. of things, I guess. Mm. And uh, mm. a lot of people are taking to it, obviously. And um, as a result, I thought, hey, why not load up the exact same videos there? So available also on Rumble. Also, we will maybe check out MySpace soon, and we will be posting our videos on MySpace. <laughs> that could be fun. Um, uh, yeah, I heard one? that. Um, what was the one? Vine. Vine. Our videos Vine. are coming to Vine. R.I.P. So. Vine. Yeah. Um, uh, someone I saw, this is way off topic. I saw that that there's a possibility in an upcoming Instagram update that you can put on your main profile, like your favorite song. It's like we are literally just going back in time to what MySpace was. Well, I want to get into this episode yep. because obviously uh, our previous episode with Andrew came out and uh, half of the comments were like, you guys totally avoided talking about this problem in your industry. And um, obviously that 
was recorded prior to it was the news story breaking. We don't always record the these aren't live podcasts. These are recorded a couple of days in advance. And obviously we're not trying to skip out on this because my commentary, Tom, just to kind of reiterate what you said is the last time the CBC did uh what did they call it? Um it's like steering. steering steering was the word they used. Okay. So the last time they did that expose, it was absolute I'm not going to poop this early in the or not going to poop. I'm not going to swear this early <laughs> in the podcast, but it was poop. <laughs> it was garbage. It was garbage. It was one-sided. It didn't discuss how agency works. It didn't discuss anything, and it was in my estimation taking uh, a 10% truth and converting it into junk. Right, and converting it into worse than this podcast is how I bad noticed on that first one too. The main reporter behind it was like fighting with realtors on Twitter after. And if you go back to all of his tweets, he obviously had something out for us, and that's fine. There's yeah. obviously issues in yeah. our industry. Like I think we're very clear and honest about that. Um, but but yeah, this one, everyone that I've talked to about it goes like, "Yep, this is bad. This is bad. Oh, you're you're legitimately you're you're doing fraud." You're breaking the law. So not everybody, not everybody is as up to date on this sure. as we are. Um, so I, although I assume if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably pretty up to date on it. So let's do the quick rundown. What is your synopsis of exactly what happened? Well, I have some quotes um, from the, the article attached to the video. Um, I did watch the video and the quick synopsis is there a, there is a certain percentage of real estate agents and mortgage brokers that if you go to them and say, hi, I'd like to buy a house, they will go, okay, well, you need to qualify for the house. Oh, you can't qualify. Don't worry. We'll forge these documents for you for a fee. And what I found so crazy, because I've got all the data on like what the fines would be and, and how many people have been fined with this type of thing over the last little while from our governing bodies. But one of the quotes they had in here was a mortgage broker saying, my team will ask for $3,000 and I charge for 1% of the mortgage amount to help others do fraud. $3,000 and 1% of the mortgage amount. So $500,000 mortgage, $5,000 plus $3,000, $8,000. They're willing to literally ruin their career, do something illegal for $8,000. How desperate do you have to be to even have that as a thought that goes through your mind. And the one thing I will say that I think they were very honest about this time is, is, is they said they had gone out specifically targeted 10 real estate agents that were yeah. associated with a certain brokerage that they had been given tips of previously that this existed. Now, Correct. when they did that, what they said their finding was is that out of those 10 people that six out of 10 said that they would do it in some capacity, which is just terrible. Now that is, that does not mean 60% of real estate agents and mortgage brokers do mortgage fraud. Let's be clear. This is a targeted at, they knew who they were talking to, right? They so, had some sort of tips in advance about who was doing this yes. and then exposed. And then I thought, what was, again, this is different than what they did in the first story about steering. They actually phoned uh, a bunch of different people, including in my market, by the way. They actually mentioned in the article, they mentioned Surrey, they phoned and just randomly mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and every they actually did a good job of I, I they may have even played the recording but the guy was basically like why would i lose my license for you what the hell are you talking about and the dude like hangs up like get uh -huh. out of here right so the difference though is what they did is they knew these guys that were doing it <clears throat> they set up a meet with obviously a camera of some sort hidden yep. camera and then no joke the guy offers what the one I'm thinking of, which is the one probably on the thumbnail of this of this video, where he's like pulling out the papers and he's like, Don't worry about income. Yeah. We'll make your income. That's literally what he says. Don't worry about qualifying for a mortgage. I have someone that will forge your documents and make you have whatever income you need for the house that you want. Crazy. That person should be in jail. Yeah, 100%. And and the the my main beef with nothing the CBC did, but there was a brokerage where it was most commonly happening which they named in the report. Um I don't yeah. remember it was it was a home life. Like I'm I'm not throwing them under the bus. They're the ones in the I'm, report. I'm not going to go there just because we are bound with I'm not uh, saying anything bad about them. All I'm saying is that that was that was the name of a brokerage in the report. That's all I'm going to say. And yeah. that the broker of record of such brokerage basically said, this isn't up to me. I'm not the one that can take away their license. All I can do is fire them. I'm hopeful that that's what they did. Um, but uh, man, oh man. They did like, a little bit of his, con yeah, they, they, he cannot, what he was saying, and um, just so the listeners understand, there's like, I don't have the power to take away their license. What I can do is remove them from working for my brokerage. Which is, is true. all I can do. They they are still licensed as real estate agents in whatever you guys call your association. So I want to read just some of the, the paragraph, well, not quite paragraphs, but sentences and quotes out of, out of this. And I want to discuss them with you because I think the general consensus is this is terrible. People are doing this. Um, and then it comes down to like, you know, as we get further into it here, a few people are saying, well, okay, how many people did this that can actually afford their homes? And now with everything else going on, with the prices dropping and the interest rates going up, that are going to say, I can't pay my mortgage anymore, and this is going to flood the market with inventory, and prices are going to drop and, and all that. I don't know. I don't know, because we still don't have a clear picture of who, how, what percentage. Think about the things that they're doing, though. Think about the things that they're doing. Like when you're getting a deal together, any good mortgage broker is going to go, okay, I'm going to package this deal to the bank. I have to send it to them in a certain way. And there's a big difference between packaging something in the bank to make sure the mortgage gets approved and fraud. Okay. Like this is massive fraud. So for instance, any good mortgage broker is going to be like, listen, your debt service ratio has to be this much. So I know you only want this much of a mortgage, but instead you're going to pay off your vehicle and then that'll bring your debt ratio in line. And then you can afford like, that is how you get a deal together. Yep. That is not what this was. This was, I'm going to write you a job letter for a company that does not exist, that you did not make income from, and I'm also going to increase your income to the amount that I know we need so you can buy this house. Which is, it's fraud. That's like, it's crazy. And that's, that's, that's terrifying to me. That's terrifying to me that there are people, not only just the willing parties of, 
uh, realtors said they could help with this, which then mortgage brokers actually the, do, the one doing it. And again, I'm not saying that the the every single party of the buyer is some like victim here. Some of them knew what they were doing. This episode of the Tom Story Show is brought to you by the Real Estate Video Course. Today's real estate industry has changed and you can no longer rely primarily on door knocking, cold calling, and geo farming. While these strategies still work, video provides something that these traditional methods just don't. And that is leads that reach out to you because of you and the message and content that you are providing. I believe that video is king and that through video, you can leverage your message, create stronger relationships and become the authority on real estate in your marketplace. The real estate video course is a five part course that will teach you the fundamentals of video, including why it's so impactful, the equipment that you need to invest in to get started and the proven tips and strategies used to ensure long term success. So go to videocourselogin.com today to become a true creator, level up your editing and production skills and develop your real estate video plan to leverage your message to current and prospective clients. That's videocourselogin.com. The link is below in the description. And don't forget to use the discount code TOMSHOW at checkout for 10% off any purchase. That's videocourselogin.com and use the checkout code TOMSHOW. That's T-O-M-S-H-O-W. They knew exactly what they were doing. Um, So there's a lot of guilty people here. I've talked to a couple mortgage brokers too that say that they have had people, members of the public phone them up and ask them if they can do this type of thing, right? And anybody that would say yes to, first of all, if you're doing this type of thing, if you're stupid enough to break the law and risk going to jail, right? Are you going to do it from a cold call phone? Right. Like is that that's how far down the totem pole you're uh, anyway. But there are some consumers that are complicit in this. Yeah. And then there are on on in the article, the second couple that was in the in the video, um, they say now who knows which side of the story is right. They say there was documents on file at Scotiabank that showed their documentation and their like work employment and they were like we had no idea that this was submitted to the bank so if they're telling the truth what they're saying is i applied for a mortgage and i had no idea the mortgage was fraudulent i had no idea the mortgage special i guess at at scotia bank it would be the specialist i had no idea that they had submitted fake documents on my behalf and that was an employee of the bank, not a real estate agent. That's what I was going to say too. So, right. So a lot of this did focus on mortgage brokers. And for those that don't know, a mortgage broker is essentially independent, right? They work for a mortgage brokerage, but they, they do not work for one of the big five banks, right? They they can send their, their clients to TD, BMO, Scotia, RBC and CABC only do internal, so they can't send clients there. And then there are other lenders such as MCAP and First National, and I could go down the list, right? Like that's, and and kind of mortgage brokers have their favorites, which they know they can send their deals to um, because they have good relationships with people on the other side and it will speed up the process and all that kind of good stuff, right? So the first half of this was like mortgage brokers are, are the problem here. And actually weirdly, like also, kind of made realtors like look worse than the mortgage brokers. I think equal yes. equal parties yes. were were at fault here. 
equal mm-hmm. blame should have been played, but regardless. Um, where banks now, it's not just the mortgage brokers that are sending off this one where we talked about with Scotia, someone internal working for Scotia, which wouldn't have been, and I don't know in this scenario if it was like they went directly to the bank or if it was like a mortgage broker that sent their application to the bank. I don't know. Uh, I believe they clarified it was an employee of Scotia Bank. So I would assume so they went that to the was bank. A, a Scotia Bank mortgage specialist, not a mortgage broker. Okay. So there you go. So it's not just it's not just the independent mortgage brokers, which do a ton of business, by the way. Probably half half the mortgages go through that, if not more anyways. It's it's also the name you know, the place you've been banking with for and again, Scotia's the name in this report, but it just could have easily have been any of the other names, right? Which it I'm sure it's ex- it's been on at some point I'm for sure all. I'm sure it's them. gotta be in the other banks as well if the problem is there right just like i'm sure that if this issue is happening in that particular brokerage that was mentioned in the article it's got to be happening we'd be stupid to think that that is the only brokerage within the country that this is happening in. i do think though there is going to be like when you go to your brokerage or i come to mind there is a certain culture that goes along with different uh brands with different um just office atmosphere, right? Like the type of people that work within an office and their business practices. There is definitely culture within any workplace and a real estate office is no different. So if they found six people in that brokerage that were willing to do it, that obviously points out that they have a culture within that um, office place where this is, maybe it's not okay with the managing broker and maybe it's under their eyes, who knows? But it's obviously something that's been taught, right? Maybe agent to agent within mm-hmm. that particular company, right? And that may not be a result or a problem of um, the owner or anything else. It just may be we got bad apples in here, and guess what? They're they're ruining the whole barrel. The other thing that they mentioned was that not for all of these cases, but that a lot of the people that were drawn into this, whether by mistake, unwillingly, or playing a part, um, were new immigrants to Canada who yeah. who didn't have maybe the Canadian credit or the job for the amount of time that they needed. And, you know, I, Amrit, who works on my team, and I know we've been on your channel before, he, so he moved to Canada from India in, I believe, 2017, 2018. And one of the things that he had told me, because he had known who I was because of my videos, before we ever started working together and and he's done so amazing since he joined me and and anyways just shout out to Amr he's killing it but he told me that a lot of his friends back home and this is India because this is the example that I've been told will watch videos on how to move to Canada what it's like coming here what it's like living here and it's like a big goal for a lot of people and I do believe it's easier to come to to Canada than it is to get into the states um, yeah. in terms of the immigration process, which I'm certainly not a professional on. Uh, and it's just like that, that's so sad to me that I don't care if you're coming from India, China, wherever yeah. you're coming here as someone that is looking at Canada as a place that is going to embedder your life. It's a place where you can, you can grow, there's opportunity. And then one of your first experiences coming here is someone yeah. basically screwing you. 
or telling you this is a thing that is normal, which it is absolutely not normal. And it is the easiest group I would assume to take advantage of because you don't know the is, rules, right? Tom's story picks up and moves to Brazil. Yeah. What do you know about buying a house in Brazil? So right. now you pick the professional, right? And who knows how they met these people, if it was through referral or just walking into an open house. First of all, the in the story, this was the first meeting with this buyer and the guy offered massive mortgage fraud at the first meeting, right? So now does the uh, person coming in understand that that is mortgage fraud is kind of the real question for me, right? Mm. <clears throat> Do they just go, okay, no, this guy told me how to get a house and I'm just going to trust him because that's the scary part, right? Where they're like, nope, this is my professional. He seems good. He seems uh, trustworthy. But when you say, don't worry, we'll make the documents for you. I hope that's not what was said to the two couples that were in the story. Right. right? Because what is weird about the two couples that were in the story is they both, as far as I can tell, wrote unconditional offers and paid deposit. Yes. So <clears throat> my understanding is the first couple in the story paid the deposit wrote an unconditional offer turns out they bought a million dollar house it only they only would have qualified for 800,000 so they're apparently they were advised not to seek a pre-approval and that the agent would take care of all of it by the oh way god by the way if you don't if, like when you reach my team it's like <clears throat> here's you're not, three seeing, you're not seeing a house until you're pre-approved you're not even yeah 100% <laughs> so if let's talk about the red flags right sure the red flags are don't go to the bank and find out what you can afford. Stupid. Looking for money up front. Now, money up front is prominent in the lending business if you're getting a private loan. Yep. Right? If I'm going to buy a house and I need to get the money and I don't qualify anywhere, but Tom's willing to lend it to me, I'm also going to have to pay for that service. Right? I'm going to have to pay to borrow that money. So the money has to come out of me because there's no bank involved that's getting interest or whatever, right? So money up front was the next thing. This is the weirdest part to me. This isn't just like, hey, I'm going to jam through this sale and I know you don't qualify and I'm going to uh, fraud all your documents. But also on top of that, I'm going to charge you even more money. Like, I just, I'm just sitting there going, how can this happen? And as you alluded to, this is a long roundabout story. I don't think this happens to people that understand the system. Yeah. And, and that's the terrible, Consumers, I mean, yeah, that's, that's the thing, right? Is like, it's easy from, from a view that we have, um, or even cause the conversations we're having people on a daily basis, like people that get it, they, they know what's going on. They understand to a point or watch us online. So we're a bit more educated about it, but you're right. Like someone that is either moved here for the first time or had just never bought a property before that is having a conversation with someone that they are perceiving as the expert, which is telling them this is a thing that happens. And I don't mean to sound naive about this at all, but I've been selling real estate for nine years and I truthfully swear on everything that I could ever swear on have never ever once had a client ask me if this is something I would do. Never. It has never no. happened to me. Never once. No. Never. So nobody has come to me. Um, actually I can tell you, um, there is a, uh, a mortgage broker, um, that 
in my experience, and this is not even, this is somebody I've, I, I know through someone and I can tell you there are lots of rule bending, right? There's okay. lots of rule bending. Okay. However, I have walked away from transactions with that particular individual because I know things are being done. Hmm. Not, we're not bending or straight up lying. Right. right. And so I know it's out there. I just didn't think that it would be maybe as prominent as they made it appear. Right. So I don't, the question is how much is it? So this is what I put on, on the channel, uh, before we recorded yesterday, mm -hmm. uh, I put up a poll. Yep. And I'm going to get this so I can actually talk into the microphone and read it at the same time. You are a professional. Look at podcaster. you multitasker. Steve, figure it out. Um, okay. After last week's CBC marketplace, how widespread do you think mortgage fraud is in Canada? I gave five options. It's super isolated and almost non-existent. Okay. Less than 5% of residential mortgages. Okay. Maybe as much as 10%. 50% plus in select markets. Or everybody's doing it. Okay. What would your answer be? Um, my answer would be that it is well under 5%. I would say that. Would you it, pick, would you pick uh, super isolated and almost non-existent or would you pick less than 5% of residents? In my own experience, I would say super isolated, but it's obviously not non-existent. It, it obviously exists. Right. So, so my I, answer to this maybe is maybe the 5% one. Seeing, after seeing the story, my answer to this is it's, it's, I think it's still likely less than 5%. Um, but I don't think it's as isolated as you and me have the wool pulled over our eyes by the people we work with and the professionals we work with. Right. right. This is obviously happening with people that do it multiple times. So I don't think there's very many people doing it. I just think there is people that are doing it often because they've got away with it until now. Do you have the answers? Have, have we released this poll? Uh, the poll is out. Uh, currently, 6% is super isolated. 36% is less than 5%. Okay. 38%, so the winning poll so far is 38% think it's about 10% of the mortgages. Wow. 11% uh, think it's 50% in specific locations. And all the bubble bursters on our channel who love us so much, everybody's doing it got 9%. Well, that's just not now, let me fact, tell you. that's just not mathematically possible. Stupid, stupid, right? <laughs> Even to think that it's 50% is, is, wild? is no ludicrous, way. right? Is ludicrous. But there the the winning one right now, if if I actually take the top two answers, that's 60, let me do my math, 74% of the people think it's somewhere between five and and like ten percent. I can understand that answer. If if I if I just watched that marketplace report and then I saw this question being asked to me, I would probably answer the same thing. Yeah. I wonder what the answer would have been previously to this. I would have said almost none. Yeah. Right. I would have said almost none. And that is maybe the redeeming bit about this article is like, this was not, like I said, the previous one, the steering one, right? This mm -hmm. was not, hey, you didn't hire an agent and they didn't sell you a house because that was the previous article. Yeah. 
this is now, uh, hey, this is people offering to break the law. Yeah, openly, easily. Now, again, they, they targeted who they talked to, so they, they, they knew what they were trying to get out of it. But still, it, that's terrifying. So It's crazy. Here's, I wanted to read you a few things from it. Um, okay, so as interest rates rise and house prices drop, these buyers are most likely, are the most likely to default on their payments, and that could put further downward pressure on the housing market through panic sales. That was from Dan Eisner, the CEO of True North Mortgage. How many, here's the real question, right? Um, let's say this was happening even more than we believed it to be happening. Okay. Yeah. Which it, it obviously was based on what my opinion was last week to this week. Um, those panic sales, if you couldn't afford a house and you bought a house and who, I mean, listen, if they were willing to fraud their way through it, they're, I don't know what rate they're, t they're taking, whether it's fixed or fair, I don't know. Right. Let's, let's say it's an adjustable variable. Okay. Let's just say that's what it was. Yep. Here's the real question. If, if we're looking at it as a, okay, we agree that everything that everybody did was terrible and they should be charged for it and they should be held accountable. Once we agree on that, then we go, okay, well, what's the real uh, impact it could have on the market? Well, panic sales, if you did mortgage fraud, I would assume they were sales between January and April this year, right? that bought an adjustable variable and like how many, if someone did mortgage fraud five years ago, do you think they're going to panic sell? No, no, of course not. So no, the real question no, no, is no. once we agree that this is terrible, and it should never happen. Well, what, what's the impact of the market? And then hopefully this report means that this doesn't happen anymore, which I guess wishful thinking doesn't happen as much as it was happening. The what percentage the market, though? Yeah, is, what's the impact? It, the impact on the market was it could um, be big. More more buyers being added to the market when the market was hot, which pushed even prices. now because apparently yeah. which pushed prices. Like that, the impact is if let's say for instance uh, the people are right and it is ten percent. Let's say ten percent of all the mortgages funded in Canada in the last twelve months, sure, were fraudulent that pushes up the market dramatically and that yeah. is the real problem now there's all sorts of things people do to stay in homes the the mortgage default ratio is so low in this country people don't understand that even when things get bad the mortgage default level is terribly low um terribly low really i don't think that's the right word the opposite of terribly low like people are good at paying their mortgages and right I, I don't think that will be as big an issue right I do just do think that there's a good chance prices were pushed up as a result. Now, if this was still continuing to the extent that people think, then I think it would have an adverse reaction to uh, it would actually have kept the market up because nobody needed to qualify anymore when these new rates came in. Mm. So the rate, the, the market in my area dropping so quickly, I think it shows that, you know, this isn't as prevalent as, uh, you know, Twitter would like you to believe, but it is prep. It's obviously a thing. It's obviously a thing. It's obviously a thing, but I don't think it is like you're saying, how many you're selling a hundred, 200 homes a year. Right. 
and no buyer ever has come to you and said, Hey, what is this all about? Never, right. never once. Now I don't, never. but I don't know for our listings that are being rep that another buyer is bringing you me in. Yeah. I don't know if someone maybe bought one of my listings once through mortgage fraud because they got approved on the other side and I was only representing the seller. I wouldn't have known anything. Yeah. I don't speak to their mortgage broker. Correct. Maybe. So yeah, maybe, but I mean, of your buyers, like this is not, this is not a thing at all. And I just don't, I guess you would just have to try and do some sort of equation of like, okay, who's doing it and how many deals are they doing? Uh, like there's yeah. percentage would, would be assume, small. I would assume at some point, some regulator, if not the police have to step in and go through every single deal in that particular brokerage over the last five years. Well, yeah, they have, I, I mean, you would hope now that our regulating bodies are doing a full five to seven year audit of the people. You would think, but it's I, so involved, right? Cause we don't, we don't store mortgage documents. So now we have to find out, okay, who funded this mortgage, right? We got to go fund, but something needs to be done. And personally, I think whatever, whoever it is, maybe it's the RCMP or whoever at a federal level need to come in and go, okay, what's gone on here? Because this is massive fraud. Yeah. And <clears throat> the, this cannot be permitted to continue. Right. In any sort of way. Now, I wonder what the implication is going to be for these for let's say, for instance, let's say let's grasp 10 percent of agents are doing this. Right. Let's say they're doing that. By the way, 10 percent of 10 percent of the agents doesn't mean 10 percent of the sales. No, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, you got to get what I'm trying to say. But I yeah, just to make that clear. Yeah, I guess that, that can be misconstrued, yeah, because 10% of the agents do 90% of the sales. So. <laughs> but, but either way, yeah. <laughs> let, let's say 10% of the overall agents are doing this to get deals together. Sure. Do you think they're doing it this week? Sure as hell hope not. <laughs> you think they're doing it moving forward? I, no. I would suggest that this is probably even better than any court hearing somewhere that you never hear anything about, right? Like this is the thing that hopefully can stop this sort of thing. It's basically without anybody going to jail it's a public shaming well but why aren't people going to jail if they've committed fraud the regulators have no ability i yeah right they can fine um if it's fraud here's the thing how does the bank not step in right now and be like we've got four thousand lawyers on the payroll mm. go get them mm. right let's crush these guys because that's what i think i mean i am i am I'm all down for, for punishment and penalty, right? Like if you're doing wrong stuff, you need to be crushed legally. I'm not talking about any other way. I'm just talking about legally. If you've done something against the law, bring them down. And that's probably the only real thing to stop it in the future. But public shaming is the way our society is going, which is we're going to stop you by the group of the larger group of people telling you not to do something. There was a statement um, by Rico our Ontario governing body. Um, and they said agents should expect to be prosecuted if they engage in mortgage fraud. So, okay, Captain Obvious, thank you for making a statement. <laughs> then they said for real estate agents falsifying mortgage information or assisting in the falsifying of information can result in a fine up to $50,000 prison for up to two years or suspension of your license. 
big or it's like because for the most part here and again i don't i'm not well versed on previous fraud cases in mortgages and if anyone actually went to jail i, I don't know the answer to that um but they did say this in the past five years and this is just rico so the real estate council of ontario so this is not canada this is just ontario says it has disciplined seven real estate agents or brokers and laid charges under the provincial offenses act against several others so if this is happening we obviously haven't caught that many people because they've laid charges about against seven people seven in five years it's 1.2 a year okay how many people are complicit how many people are getting hurt because let's face it going when the market was going up this wasn't an issue Right. Because even like the issue was the market was going up, but yeah, a lot of people could get mortgages at any point in time. And now that lending has become tougher, that's when things. Well, now it's added on to each other of this is even more of an issue now because everything else is getting more difficult and and things are getting tighter. Um, But even when the market was going up, people were talking about this, mostly mortgage professionals saying like, hey, this is maybe a thing. Um, It just wasn't getting the news headlines. This episode of The Tom Story Show is brought to you by Lendlord. If you've not heard of Lendlord, it is a software platform designed for real estate investors. It helps you easily track your portfolio and get reminders when things like rent and utility payments are due. But the best feature and my most favorite feature of the entire platform is something called a deal analyzer. This is where you, as a real estate investor, can log into the software, plug in your future potential purchase, and the system quickly comes up with important information like cap rate, cash on cash return, and even future potential values. It's a totally free software, but listeners of the Tom's Story Show can get 90 days of the upgraded paid version right now totally for free by either clicking the link down below in the description or going to lendlord.io slash tomshow. And if you're a real estate agent and you're not using this software to quickly and efficiently analyze deals for your clients, well, I think you're doing your clients a disservice. Download Lendlord today for a quick and easy way for you to analyze not only your own future purchases, but those of your clients. So again, that's lendlord.io slash Tom show to sign up right now and listeners of the Tom story show receive 90 days of the paid version totally for free. I have tried this software myself. I think it's fantastic and extremely useful as a real estate investor. Sign up today. That's landlord.io slash Tom show. And now back to the podcast. Um, It just wasn't getting the news headlines. Yeah. Well, yeah. And nothing ever gets the news headlines until it does, I guess. Um, I don't know. I, I'm a big fan of, of penalties and um, removing licenses, right? Yeah. I'm a big fan of jail time for people that do fraud. And um, unfortunately, uh, it is very hard, first of all, to prove it, to go through the system. Here's the other thing. Like, I know when, when there is a problem with a real estate transaction here in my team, and they happen two or three times a year, you'll get a really bad transaction, and it'll be like, okay, what do we need to do to fix this? All right. By the time the deal closes or doesn't close, well, they always close, but by the time the deal closes and maybe it's my buyer and we feel something was wrong, mm-hmm. I've got one in my head from earlier this year where we were straight up lied to about right. a particular thing. Here's the thing. I can do nothing. I am powerless as a real estate agent, right? I've got full confidentiality, right? I can't break that. I've got all these different legal things I can and can't do. 
However, if the damaged party goes to either the real estate board or the yes. BC FSA, they have to follow it through. And most of the time, probably 99% of the time, that's a really overused number, but most of the time, by the time people get into the house, they just go, you know what? I'm not going to, it's going to take three years to make this person pay. I'm just going to move on. I'll tell you, um, the, the 0.1% exists though. The, Oh yeah. It, it, there's, there's, these cases are ongoing all the time, right? It would be me. It would be me. Like I had a, uh, I had a client a couple of years ago. They wanted to offer on a property. The other agent, um, did, said offers were this and such date. Uh, so we had conversation back and forth. I'm very interested. I want to come see the property this date, whatever. Then the next day after we have that conversation, my uh, client gets a for or sold property sold flyer in his mailbox for that house. The house he wanted to buy because mm. he lives like three, four doors down. So I reported the person and we went through all the rigmarole, right, of what I can do. And it came out that through the rules that are established, that unless my client complains, nothing happens. And the client at that time went, you know what, there's going to be another house, let's not worry about it. And I'm like, this is, this is the thing. This is as bad as it got. This is the worst offense I've seen in five years. And the client is not in a spot where they want to pursue any damages or any... This wouldn't have actually been damages. This would have been discipline to an agent doing something outside of the rules. And they were like, yeah, let's move on. Because they so, didn't want to deal with three years of lawyers and legal stuff. They just wanted to buy a house. They actually probably would have had to have done nothing except file reports and, okay. and stayed up with it, right? Like this wasn't like I'm suing you. This is like I want disciplinary action against you for doing something wrong. Understood. And they were just like, no. And I'm like, here's me. If I was the consumer in this position, I would hunt this down until the end of the earth, right? And I just, I don't think there's enough uh, people that have that desire after because it's a lot of heartache to prove somebody wrong, right? So a lot of these guys will get off because penalties aren't strict enough. And not enough people would actually go through. Because like, I'm thinking about this in my own scenario, right? If I'm a buyer... And, and something happens that I don't like. It's like I could spend this energy dealing with this and being frustrating, letting this take over my life, or I could just go buy the next house, right? So like exactly. I understand it. Do. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that, that's what they do. And it, I don't know, until that's fixed in our industry, I don't think there will be um, – th there's a lot of change that can be done. There's a lot of change that can be done. And um, unfortunately, through associations and boards, uh, there are even – things that can be done that can't be done just because of something as simple as the voting process within the association. Do you not right? think though so that because we could go through all the different associations and things like that. Do you not just think that if they made the licensing process across Canada, a two year something degree with, and then, and then make the fines and penalties significant to scare the ours hell out in bc by the way okay so i i, I guess ours well ours are like two years in prison 50 grand isn't insignificant but i guess bc would be higher Mon maybe. monetarily ours are like ours are Big. the low ones are now like six figures okay 
um, would it not just be like, the, it's it's too easy to get your license so that if you yeah. lose your license, well, it wasn't that hard to get it anyways. It maybe we're going through the mindset of like, you got to start from the beginning, I guess, where how are these people even getting into the industry? But that that is how our, our industry is fundamentally broken from yeah. the beginning, Yep. right? Because we have governance in so many different ways, right? We have uh, associations that benefit from having more uh, agents because there's more fees being paid to the association, right? Um, we have a schooling system here in BC. I don't know what yours is, but here in BC, we have a schooling system that makes a massive amount of money off of putting people through the course, right? That's the same here. We, we also have federally um, the, the most well-noted case uh, of any federal government coming after real estate agents, I think ever was uh, the competition bureau coming after TREB for yep. releasing sold data, right? The competition bureau's mandate is to open up as much competition as possible. Hmm. That is in direct uh, opposite. I'm a moron. Help me speak. It is in direct uh, opposition sure. of uh, increasing standards in the industry. I get what you're saying. It's like both, you can understand both sides, but they kind of fight against yeah. each other where it doesn't actually get So you out. want, you have one regulating or, or you have one side saying open up to as many people as possible and you have other people saying we're going to hold you to higher standards. Those are not the same thing. Right? So you've got two things uh, that are opposing each other that are running the industry. And unfortunately, I think opening it up to more people is winning. The Competition Bureau of Canada is winning, and I don't think it's good for consumers. I'd like to know from the people that are listening and watching this episode as well, kind of where you stand on on everything we've talked about so far. Um, would you agree with with what the chart that's, or I guess the the survey that Steve had put out? Was that on your channel or was that on this channel? That is on the Tom Story Show community tab. I, should, I guess I, I should be aware everyone. of the questions we're asking people. Speaking of, speaking of channels, actually. Um, uh, Lisa Abbott team channel Jesse did yeah. the best breakdown I've seen of this article. I recommend everybody go to. Can check we link out that? Link Jesse. that in the description. If I can figure out how to do that, I'll do it down below in the description. Hopefully, okay. it's there. Um, her uh, analysis. She did about a ten minute analysis on it, and I was like, "This is bang on." I wish yep. I was uh, was able to articulate, articulate it as well as she does. Right. Obviously, I can't even figure out the word opposition. So. Um, the other, hey, uh, total side note, Tom. Mm -hmm. Did you notice now, so we saw Jesse at, I had lunch with her uh, in Toronto when I was there yep. uh, at the Video Mastermind. I was like, you need to do these two things to your channel, right? The next video she posted is now at 21,000 views. This episode of the Tom Story Show <laughs> is brought to you by the YouTube for Real Estate Video Course. Anyway, sorry. Well, all right, Steve, you're, you know a few things, all right? We'll give you that. <laughs> Um, before we wrap up this episode, there's actually just one other thing I want to bring up because it's kind of industry rule change, um, as well. <clears throat> and it is about exclusive listings. So, um, the initial, when it came out, essentially it was that if you're going to market a listing in any way exclusively or coming soon, it has to be available to be seen within three days. Um, you can't have a sign outside a house saying coming soon for two weeks. And then you're like, when's the house actually coming? Right. And then even more in depth on the exclusive side, meaning that the property is not going to be listed on MLS. It was saying, maybe you can't even do that. Now I got clarity on this. Okay. You can still have exclusive listings 
uh, but it's it's more of like just the the seller needs to pick one of two categories. They need to be explained it better, which I think is good. Um, and we should probably have somebody on maybe from a real estate association to explain this to us even more because when all these new rules come out that we didn't know were coming, um, there's a lot of questions behind it. What was your view on this? It just, I mean, I guess they're trying to eliminate pocket listings, right? They're trying yeah. to eliminate, um, I know here in, we have the new anti-bullying offer, uh, rules coming in here in my market and it's just like, they're, they're stopping bully offers completely because there may have been uh, some agents showing their own listings when they weren't allowing other buyers in, that sort of thing. So I think that's what they're trying to get away from. Sure. Um, and so now, uh, thank goodness, the Fraser Valley Real Estate Board, Vancouver Real Estate Board, and Chilliwack Real Estate Board have brought in new rules of cooperation that do not allow us to present offers in advance of uh, the direction. So the direction is once signed, the direction is now permanent. That is the direct, um, yeah, okay. The direction of offers, right? Yep. Like you yeah. don't have to do a direction of offers, but if you do, you can't look at bully offers in advance. Oh, interesting. So that is once that's done, there's no change in your mind. There's no, okay. Yeah. And I think the coming soon thing that, that, uh, we saw, is that coming out of Korea? It was Korea. That's Canadian real estate association. So yeah, that should be impacting everybody uh, listening to this. Something to do with it. Um, I, I, um, I have one thing I want to touch on. I know cause we're not going to beat this to death, but there is another mortgage fraud, Tom. Do you want to hear about it? Yes. Okay. Cause this is coming out. This is the next thing that will be coming down. And this is, uh, I don't want to say worse cause it's probably just as bad, but this would actually take more consenting parties and it is contracts that my office has seen and we have been warned about it. Okay. And it is. It is the way that an offer comes in. So for some reason, there are a few agents out there and my office has seen this twice now and they actually let us know about it. Like, look for this because this is fraud. Um, and that meeting actually happened two weeks ago. Um, and it goes something like this. You receive an offer on your property, Tom. It is pages seven of seven, right? There's seven uh, offers you have that property listed for $1 million. Okay. You receive an offer for $1.3 million. Okay. Seven of seven. Along on page one of one, the next addendum, is a $300,000 cash back to the buyer. Right? So they're giving you your million dollars that you want for the house. Oh, Jesus. $300,000 cash They put back that in the, the contract? No, 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 wait, 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 wait. It's on addendum page one of one. It also excludes that this will be noted on the statement of adjustments with the lawyers. Jesus. And that that payment will be made in cash or by way of bank draft directly to the buyer upon completion. Jesus Christ. So what they're doing it now, do you think addendum one of one ever makes it to the bank? Guess not. Right. And here's the crazy part. So now you have a buyer and a buyer's agent that are trying to commit mortgage fraud. In order for this mortgage fraud to go ahead, you need the listing agent and the seller to comply. Right. Now, this is obviously why I got caught because I'll tell you who after, but it, uh, someone you and I both know in my office um, was like, yeah, this is fraud. 
right? Right. So then on top of that, who do the lawyers work for? Who does the buyer's lawyer work for? The buyer's lawyer works for the bank as well. All right. So the buyer's lawyer would also have to sign off on mortgage fraud. And then, so essentially what you're doing is you're buying the house for zero down. Isn't this right? called like the Oklahoma, like there's a, like the buying was zero down and they getting cash back on the purchase and it's, it was made illegal a long time ago in real estate. Like, isn't this just a new no version idea. of the, the Oklahoma something? I'd have to look it up, but I have no idea, but I was like, what, like this is the type of thing as, as an agent that like, wh what, this is what, what offer are you bringing me? And just so everybody knows that is mortgage fraud because you're not funding a $1 million house. You're no. trying to fund a $1 million, $1.3 million house that doesn't exist. Right. And then get the cash back. I mean, that seems less likely to continue to happen because there's so many parties that have to be a part of it. And why would you, even as a seller, why would you want, why would you ever take that offer? Let alone the terrible stuff associated with it, with it being a form of fraud. Why would you sell Why for 1.3 if you're because only you getting the million? Get the million bucks, you, you will still get the million bucks you were asking for. Because remember, this is on an asking price of a million bucks. So you still get your money. You're still happy with it. But all you have to do is make sure the buyer gets cash back. So I can see, for instance, people that are not super savvy in the industry going, well, I don't care. Like, I just, I need this household. The market's going down. I need this household. It's going to sell for not a million bucks if I wait another week. Sign whatever you want. I know the last offer we had was nine twenty five, so I want this one. I don't mind being swayed in a certain direction. Now, like I said, this takes buyer, buyer's agent, listing agent, uh, seller, buyer's lawyer, yeah, everybody. seller's lawyer. Like this takes everybody, managing brokers. Everybody has to sign off on this deal, and that's why I don't think it's actually going to take off. But it is something we have seen in our office twice now in the last month. I've never seen that. That is interesting. The next exclusive CBC marketplace. Yeah, we're giving is them a heads up. Uncovered by the Tom Story show. Maybe we'll do our own marketplace report on a certain topic and, and dig deep. You're braver deep than me, man. I won't have anything to do with the news because I don't want to cut it up and misconstrue. I misconstrue what I say myself enough. I don't need somebody else to say it. Um, well, exciting enough um, as we wrap things up here. Uh, we do actually have a CEO of one of the biggest associations of real estate in the country joining us on our podcast in uh, November. And uh, I'm not going to say who it is yet. I'll leave it up to you guys, but it's an exciting episode that's coming. And, and don't think we're not going to ask some good questions. Like it's not just going to be a chat fun thing and thanks for being here like we're gonna ask some real questions because we want to know what looking, what they're yep tom i'm looking at the list of people coming up here and thank goodness we got some hitters some legit, man legit smart people coming on mm -hmm. uh, maybe some that aren't so smart but i'll let you pick out which ones those are but like we're just so everybody understands we're booked out more than two and a half months with guests and, and yeah. uh they're getting better they're only getting better. Sorry to previous guests, but they're only getting better. <laughs> Everyone has been great. Um, 
Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We, as always, we appreciate all of you guys being here and spending your time uh, listening to me and Steve chat about what's going on. We, we, we knew we needed to put out this episode. We knew we needed to talk about this. Um, I hope that we can at least bring a little bit more clarity to you if you're hearing about this for the first time or you wanted us to talk about it and see our thoughts. I think overwhelmingly our thoughts is this is terrible and anyone that's doing that should be charged and there should be more policing coming in because if our real estate board can't do anything about it, someone's got to do something about it and we got to figure this out because let alone all the other things that surround uh, the emotion involved in the Canadian housing market. The supply, the demand, the interest rates, the stress test, which I guess didn't mean anything to the people that committed fraud, all the other things that happen here, we don't need another thing making it more difficult. Like we, we both recognize how invested people are in housing. That's why you get either side of the equation on all the stuff that we're putting out here, where you get people that totally agree with us and people that are like, you guys are idiots. And, and I get it because we're not selling a toaster. We're selling a house and everyone needs to live in a house. So I totally understand it, but, uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for watching. Thanks for listening. Steven, uh, wrap up. One last thing. One last thing. I also yeah. want to share with you the poll I put on my channel. We love polls what, at the Thomas story show. What Big is polls, the, guys. So this is on the carriage real properties. Never what heard of it. Is the... <laughs> <laughs> uh, has anybody ever told them? Never mind. Um, what is the better way to pick your real estate agent in this fall market? Number okay. one, look for experience and negotiating skills. Your only other option, choose an agent with the best pumpkin giveaway contest. <laughs> Leading the way with 51% of the current vote, pumpkin oh, giveaway. Just you know what? You know what's funny? I actually saw that and I clicked on the pumpkin one. So I might be the the one that's putting are you us skewing my votes. So I skewed are you it by one me vote. That really with 51% of the votes is uh looking for experience in negotiation? No, I think that people thought that was funny and obviously chose I will not either. have you fraudulently answer <laughs> my poll <laughs> questions on my channel. Well, why can't you give away pumpkins and have experience in negotiation? Why do I have to choose? It's not one I'm or the just, other. I'm, Hey, if you get both, great. But I'm just saying what is the most important. And for me, it's pumpkin giveaway for sure. Well, I mean, the people have, have spoken. Um, all right, let's go. Let's let the people go because this right. is garbage now. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, give us that like and subscribe on the YouTube video and uh, check us out on the podcast apps. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to us on the podcast apps too. So guess what? It tells you. It sends you a little ding when a new episode is out. Bye. Bye.